represented. I think we've just been running our mouths so much that Aaron's over here. <laughs> I'm already on the ball over here. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. So, here's... Are you recording yet? Because Anthony's no, but not he's gonna going to start to. over. Okay. Romance fiction. Wait, I got to So there's romance, and then women's fiction. Yes. Differences, go. Romance novels are more traditionally focused on a love story, on a happy ending, even a temporary one. But romance fiction should, if it does not have happily ever after or happily for now, it is not a romance novel. Mm. I will stand by this until the day that I die. No, I think you're right. Anybody could fight me on that and they will lose. (laughs) Women's fiction focuses on women, primarily women protagonists. There are probably some men who are, like, at least have support, like, good-sized supporting roles, but women should be the protagonists of women's fiction. Probably written by a woman. Probably has, like, a flower or a person in a hat on the cover. (laughs) And it follows maybe more... I would also say it's sometimes, like, generational sagas. Like, there's usually some kind of, like, mother-daughter relationship in there as well as a love story, but the love story is not always the primary focus like it should be in a romance novel. And women's fiction can have a less traditional happy ending. Can you give us a clear example of each? So a romance... Yeah. Okay. A romance novel... I'm sorry, I'm trying to, like, think of something that, like... I can think of a lot of examples of things I've read, but I want them to be, like relatively mainstream sorry I'm totally blanking so like women's fiction I would say like no (laughs) it Uh, won the orange prize for women's fiction (laughs) for women authors that's not the same as women's fiction oh but it's for fiction I think that's a stupid prize name I agree with you so did they that's why they did the disbanded it (laughs) (laughs) but I would say like women's fiction is like your Viola Shipman's of the world. It's something... But Viola Shipman's not a woman. No, but he still writes women's fiction. Carry on. I I have... I'm loving this. I have stuff. Not to sound incredibly shady, I read a Viola Shipman book. It wasn't that great. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. But it's got your sort of very standard, like, it's about a woman. She's at some kind of decisive point in her life. Maybe her marriage is breaking down. Maybe she's about to get married. She has a fraught relationship with either her mother, her daughter, or both. And somehow all of this comes together by the end of the story for them to realize that, like, healing is happening. Things, you know, things are getting better. The relationships have strengthened. Perhaps, you know, the romantic relationship has resolved itself somehow. But it's truly not the focus of the story. Unlike a romance novel where I am just going to say... Sorry, I'm trying to think of one because I feel like even recently... The one that you love the most. I mean, I love all of them the most, but the thing is... Okay, the one that you have touted to this group (laughs) as an incredible, amazing book that all of your tropes and everything you love... I mean, it's about two dudes, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. So, I mean, there's also that difference is that, like, I feel like in women's fiction, there isn't a lot of, like, lesbian women's fiction yet. But sure, yeah, we'll go with Red, White, and Royal Blue. Can we change that? That would be great. I have no complaints. Somebody work on that. I guess maybe it'll have to be me. (laughs) (laughs) Love. Yeah. But, again, in a romance (laughs) novel... And I mean, Red, White, and Royal Blue wouldn't even necessarily be my top example of that because, like, yes, obviously it is primarily the love story between Alex and Henry. Yeah. That is kind of the anchor of the book. But there is also a lot of, like, side plot development and things like that going on. <sighs> Spoiler alert. 
side plots happen is a no, spoiler kidding. alert. Side <laughs> plots. So it's but then it but it was also at the end of the day, like them getting their happily ever after is kind of more of the actual point of the book, and so that's why it is a romance novel, a rom com. As well Ooh, as like a I great see. friendship Brown story. Com, yeah. So interestingly enough, about women's the Women's Fiction Writers Association, <laughs> they define the driving force of women's fiction is the protagonist's journey toward a more fulfilled self. Yeah, I would go which with is that. fascinating because there are two recent examples of published women's fiction that Goodreads considers women's fiction that are written by dudes about dudes. But it has that fulfillment arc. Okay. Which I find I mean, I guess, strange. yeah, if we free women's fiction from the constraints of gender. But that's my point. Like, I feel like, yes. We're, we're po- still calling it women's fiction in today's time because, but why, But my question, my I guess my bigger question is, why? <laughs> the patriarchy. What is that? The patriarchy. Okay. All right. That's fine. Because I Because also... when dudes write fiction about anything, it's literary fiction. And when women write fiction, it's women's fiction. But I think there's a discernible difference between the, what is usually classed as literary fiction and women's fiction. Yeah, like, yes. Like, not that there can't be different elements that come into play like, in both. But yeah. I feel like... Like, Jennifer Weiner... What makes somebody's novel about a tortured 30-something English lit professor at a college who wants to sleep with his 18-year-old student any different from a women's fiction novel Because he doesn't level. have an emotional fulfillment. Emotional fulfillment is not promised. Okay. I think the promise is what's different. In, in literary fiction, there is no promise, or the only promise is these sentences are beautiful. So if they're not beautiful, throw the book out. Like, <laughs> throw I mean, it in fire. Like, nobody would read Lolita if it wasn't beautifully written. You're not wrong. Because yeah. there's no promise there. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in, like, because women's fiction has an embedded promise in the same way that romance and mystery and thrillers and, like, all of the genres, um, like fantasy, right? The promise is a sense of wonder. Yes. You know, Something so interesting is going to happen. Yeah. Something outside of our world yes, but is if, going to happen. Yes, and if you don't deliver on that promise, I don't want to read. This is, it's, no. It's not a fantasy it's novel. It's not a fantasy novel. No, this is like something else. <laughs> not to throw it back to romance novels, but whatever, whoever was having their hot take on Twitter like oh. two weeks ago, where I, they're like, romance novels shouldn't have happy endings. I'm like, have you read a book ever? <laughs> It's like saying Michael Bay movies should not have explosions. It's like, <laughs> like yeah. how? I don't want my thrillers to be exciting. I don't want my thrillers to be romantic. Oh, I'm sorry. That was I No, sorry. Like I just like up that's your what sounds like what yes. they're yes. Yes, yes exactly, I don't want my yes. thrillers to be exciting. Yes. I don't want there to be a crime to solve in this mystery. Like that's what you sound like. No more murders in my mysteries, please. Why does everyone always have to die? Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I don't know. Ask Sherlock? (laughs) Transition? With Sherlock. Benedict. I literally almost said a really bad swear word. (laughs) Or the really awful Robert Downey Jr. 
I know. Isn't he so bad as Sherlock? And I love him, but I don't right. want to see I love him, him as Sherlock. I don't like him as no, Sherlock. No, no. He's so There's bad. Like Mary <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I didn't even go grab was, one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, we for- oh I didn't hey. go grab one. I could run upstairs and go grab one and run back and I was just wondering if it should be Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock, John E. Lee Miller, Sherlock, and Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock. Bingo, but can we exchange the John E. Lee Miller, Sherlock, for um, um, our most recent entry? Who's the most recent entry? Enola Holmes' Henry brother. Cavill. Oh, fair. Yes, we can use Henry Cavill's really like if you want to. <sighs> Do you watch any of these movies? I have seen the uh, Robert Downey Jr. version. This uh, is literally just going in one year now. <laughs> I know most people I are beholden to the Benedict Cumberbatch, um, and it's wonderful. It's oh, he's great. great. Yeah, he's glorious. But I'm really fond of the Americanized elementary. I like um, Johnny Lee Miller. That. Yeah, that's great. Sherlock, like, I wasn't ready to like it. To the degree that I did, like I wasn't ready to love it. And Natalie like, Dormer as Moriarty. Well, yeah, that's that Natalie just Dormer makes is sense. Great. Yes, <laughs> she is. Natalie. But I was not. I'm always ready to die for Lucy Liu, but I was not ready to die for Lucy Liu as Watson. Like the number of times I wanted to murder Sherlock. Yeah. Oh well. Welcome everyone to another episode of Semi Bookish. And you know the drill. We're going to get right onto it. Tell us what you're reading. Supreme mm-hmm. Overlord. <laughs> I, oh, right. I am Supreme Overlord. I love it. It Can changes every week. <laughs> no, I, so I, that I, she remembers? Yeah. Yeah, it was the last week. She says, I'm just a clerk. Don't. <laughs> Jen said she's putting in that new name tag order. <gasps> I did tell her I need a new name tag. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, I'm not really reading anything right now, but I am still playing things. Other than um, the election poll results? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I went there. I stayed up till 6 in the morning on the 3rd watching I'm that. I'm going to use the no wait. Let's not. No! You <laughs> <laughs> have my permission. But, um, anyways, so currently I am playing Sims. Because oh. next week there's a new expansion coming out. And so I'm prepping Ooh. my save game for it as well as taking out every single piece of custom content I have because everything's going to break in the next like month so yeah nice they're getting a skin skin tone update where they're adding like a hundred skin tones in Ooh. Which is more representation for darker skin tones because they really suck Hello. right now. And you can also change the hue of them and save them as custom skin tones. Oh, cool. So they're adding all that in. So everything's going to be broken. So I'm excited. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of like America. I'm done. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take over now, so you have to shut up. (laughs) I will probably be talking about my book in greater depth later this episode, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but I just started this morning, Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins, not for the first time, but the 10th anniversary, very beautiful edition that I'm holding up right now that you can't see, I'm sorry, guys, just came out the other week. It's gorgeous. And I had to buy it, and I bought it from her local bookstore, so it's even personalized to me, and I'm just going to sit here hugging it like this for the rest of the episode. Anthony, go! (laughs) I have to interject first and say that the painting or, like, the page design on the side of the book is, like, beautiful, but also your mask kind of matches it and works really well, and I adore that, so, You act as if that was not planned. It really wasn't. (laughs) 
I'm just that good sometimes. Okay, Mickey Mouse t-shirt with the pink cardigan and the shoes. Well, of course I match my t-shirt to sketchers? my cardigans and shoes. No, these are from Walmart. Oh, okay. Aren't those well, the light up ones? They light up when I jump up and down. And the light up <laughs> shoes. And you say this wasn't planned. Well, of course I matched my shirt to my cardigan. Am I an animal? Podcast Landia, she lies. <laughs> Supreme Overlord says Anthony should go next. Okay. Um, oh, yes. I am currently finishing up. Oh, it's so good. Um, title, title, title. Oh, Meet Cute Club by Jack Harbin. It's it's just amazing. These two guys meet at a bookstore. One picks on the other for being a romance reader. The other one hands him the business for saying <laughs> that, for slandering him for being a romance reader. And then, of course, naturally they fall in love because it is a romance novel. It's brilliant. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, and then I'm going to start... Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston later on today when I finish. Or tomorrow morning. Anyway, so there you are. All right. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> your turn. Oh, let's see. I'm still chugging along the uh, golden path of the Dune series. Good Lord. Um, Which one are you on now? I am on God Emperor of Dune. Is that and four? That is the fourth okay. one, yes. And I'm finding this one in particular endlessly fascinating. Ooh. Especially, well, I mean... <sighs> I don't know how much I can get into it. You can. Go ahead. Okay, fine. all right. Yes. So, Leto II is has probably come to become my favorite character in the entire series, and this book is pretty much all about him and his various philosophical musings and whatnot. Mm. And, I don't know, just, uh, just the structure of the book is a little different from the previous Dune novels. Um, I don't know, it was kind of like a future shock situation when I started reading it, just because the setting has changed a little bit. The Most most of the old characters are gone. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. Oh, uh, cool. And yeah. I will say, if you've only read the first book in the series, as some people have... Um, or tried to. Or tried to, <laughs> yes. You. It's on my list, it's at my house. You will not be able to predict exactly where the story goes. So, ah. And I personally find where the story has gone to be more interesting than... Than what you would imagine. Then, yes, than what I would imagine. So cool. That's what that's what I'm doing. Kind of random like addition to what you were saying too. So much changes. I think God Emperor of Dune is where they do like a time jump. Yes, of like three thousand. Three thousand five hundred years. Yeah. Ago. So it's like three plus millennia from where the last book lent, uh, finished and ended. Mm-hmm. So really, when things change, we're talking like three and a half millennia of change. With one character ruling it all. I just want to note that there's a whole group of like writers in this country known as Golden Age science fiction writers who were on some stuff. <laughs> who does that in a book? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not criticizing. People who were on some am- stuff do that in their I books. think it's amazing. So, so- and yet also the writer in me is going... You did what? <laughs> Wait, so all the same characters have been alive for 3,500 no, years? No, one character in particular through a, a series of events. Okay, is... I was just like, I'm sure there's plot details yeah, there yeah. that I would that just need to get still, to. It's like, one of the, like when people describe to me like the Isaac Asimov robots series, that yeah. is not the whole whatever. What are they? What are they? What is my robot? Foundation. Oh, yeah. The Foundation, Foundation yeah. series. When people describe the, the lengths of the plot to that of that to me, I'm just like... It's brilliant, but what was he... Was LSD that 
populous? Like, what is yes, going yes. on? And apparently it was. Okay, that's fine. Everyone was on shrooms. This is how we got the Sgt. Pepper album. <laughs> See, this is why you need Anthony to pick up Dune again, finish it. I know that I do. It's besides. a struggle. Later books are a struggle. I'll admit to I like them, but you we don't. talked about it before, Grant, where I'm like, oh, God, man. Like, it, things change, and I, it, some of them were a slog for me. But uh, My future husband, Timothy Chalamet, is playing the central character, so I have to, by obligation, <laughs> read them. Because... <laughs> Anyway, carry on. (laughs) I am reading Red, White, and Royal Blue currently. uh, Listening to the audiobook, as a matter of factly. Slow clap. And it's it's going it's going really well. Um, so, but I kind of don't worry really. I kind of knew where it was going before because I heard you chat with Anthony about it, and I knew where it was going anyway. But it's cute. It's fun, and I mean, it's actually I'm glad that it ends on me because it's even giving my heart a hug as I read it because I love the friendship blossoming between them. <laughs> like at, at one point, I mean, like some of the dialogue that is listening to this morning, he said, "So I'm sitting there pouring my heart out." This is Alex talking to Henry. He's like, "I'm pouring my heart out to." Henry. Henry. At first, it was because I really didn't give, a, you know, a crap what he thought of me. I didn't care. But he says now I, it's kind of the opposite. Like I, I, I know he cares and he's willing to hear it. Um, so I like Ooh, that's real. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 really, it's fun. It's fun. I, I we'll see where I go. I still got about like what like eight hours left. I think in the book. Okay. Really? Because um, I don't. Wow. Of course, you listen. You go by hours left. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah, no, okay. it's, it's more of a fifteen-hour, twelve to fifteen-hour book. Okay, so you're like halfway. In. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Um, um, Achilles is about ten. So it's it, it's enjoyable. Casey McQuiston, I think, yes. is the author. Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, um, it's cute. I definitely, and which it, is a good segue because our theme of this podcast is books. You can even say movies if you want to, but like material gives your heart a hug. Thank you, Nicole Sherman, right? Yes. Nicole Sherman for giving us that phrase. Thank you. Nicole, shout out. You're awesome. Um, but yes. <laughs> I'll find out if she actually listens to the podcast or not. She will now. <laughs> That's true. Ooh. Um, but yeah, books that give your heart a hug. And definitely that's, I'm not finished, but I can see where it's going. And I think I'm going to really walk away from this as a really feel-good story that's like, oh, you know, kind of, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Yay. I have other books that I was going to talk about, too, in the vein of that. But um, can we like for a quick second, <coughs> though, just to make this more interesting for myself. Oh, here we go. (laughs) No, seriously, can we define like... Yeah, this... I have a conversation about what we think a heart hug material or book particular is or what actually this is a great great thing because i feel like i'm trying to think when i jen and talked i talked about, about this, this. The other day. like i have my favorite book of all time which is fahrenheit 451 and i'm wearing the shirt today oh. um we really got to do this on video one of right? those days <laughs> we really do one day <laughs> yeah we yeah th- that's my favorite book of all time and i call that my comfort food book my mac and cheese book when i'm having a bad day it helps put my mind oh. spirit in order my emotions in order yeah that said, that is not a book that gives my heart a hug because it, thematically it's what's going on in the book. Books are being burnt, like society's being leveled, this war, at, like as a... It, it, Please, no you, more. <laughs> yeah, but it it's <laughs> definitely not, no matter how much I lavish my love upon it, and it's my number one favorite book of all time, it's not a book in the vein of what gives my heart a hug. And you know, shoot, I'll go first, I'll shift gears to like Christmas Carol. 
by Charles Dickens. Oh. That's your heart album. <clears throat> that, that's one of several that I hmm. could come to. I could see that. And depending on like how you, it, simplistically written, I guess, for a list Charles Dickensian way of going about things, but it, it was a rush. Short. It, you know, you, you, the history behind the novel, it was short and it was rushed, but. Everything he did was rushed. Well, I know that. <laughs> Sorry. But he, it's, it's, I, I like the idea of redemption and there are a lot of books that, movies, books, comics, where I get all gooey inside when a character who, in the case of Scrooge, Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge, he, he's forced to reflect upon himself and all his wrongdoings, and then he kind of sees um, where he was just deterred. He was just <laughs> not a good individual human being. Um, some people have even argued that, yes, he, it was self-serving. He changed for the sake of avoiding damnation, but no. Well, at the end of the day, he still sure. had a, a 180 degree change. He changed everything in 360. There's still a slight redemption there. Yeah. So like yeah. even if it was just for himself, like that whole entire like redemption is still there. Like he's still changing for the better, even if it's just for himself. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah, because who if who who would it be for if not for him? So, but it's like because it's so heartwarming that not only for himself, but like his the change in him affects so many others' lives. I mean, tugging at your heartstrings, Tiny Tim gets a second chance at life because of the attention. No, that's... I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm like, do you not know the story? I really don't, actually. To be honest, and I really, I'm not, that's not me being facetious. I really, Tiny Tim, I of course. I mean, I know of you, you know, he's, he, There's an empty chair at the table the year after, like, unless things change in that boy's life, he's going to die. Um, and then things change. Because he's sickly and poor. Well, I knew that. And which, I mean, there's so much going to that story that just. Oh, huggy. Oh. Oh, so to me, that's a heart hugger. Yeah, and I think, because when we were talking about this the other day, and you were saying Fahrenheit 451 versus something like The Christmas Carol. <laughs> There's intellectual comfort reads where, like, you read this because your brain, like, it helps your brain make sense of things again. It makes you, like, your brain feels good after it. Yeah. But then a heart hug book, like, yeah, you still feel good after it, but it's because more, like, it gets you, it helps make you happy again or whatever, too. Like, it's that heartwarming, like, I don't know how to, like... Mm. Like, I feel like very similar results between, like, a comfort food book and a heart hug book... But like they attack two different places in your body. Yeah, I should yeah, not be talking sense. with my hands like good, this right good. now. No, but I, <laughs> oh, I could. <sighs> that is really interesting. As a, like, I don't, I don't. I, it's hard to like because I don't have very many heart hug books, and I don't know if that's a feature of the heart hug book, or maybe that just says a lot about me as And I mean, maybe making your brain feel good is what gives your heart a hug. No, because Beloved is my favorite novel, and that is not a heart hug book. Fair. It's just so supremely well done. Intellectually, as a writer, it's like, there's no better way to study how to write well than to read this book. So, like, that's a total intellectual prize. But I think that's also very much you as a writer coming out, too, because, like, of course, like, things that are crafted well make you happy because then that's how your brain attacks it and sees it and wants to do it or like anything like that. And And happy or satisfied because like I mean there's a slight I would almost argue there's a slight difference between being happy and being satisfied. Fair. Because you can be happy with the way something turns out but you're not really satisfied. Um, Oh I get deeply satisfied when a novel is perfect because I know how difficult that is and I know how rare 
it is. So, like, for example, one of my heart hug books is Song of Achilles, which I've mentioned here because I was just rereading it and I was listening to it for the first time. It, but it's also the rare exception in that it is the it's actually perfect. There's nothing that I would improve in it. There, there's everything is so well handled, so treated. But all of that stuff I don't care about when I'm reading it. Like I can talk to death about like the craftsmanship of the novel it, of that novel. Mm-hmm. But I don't care because I want to be Patroclus. I want to fall in love with Achilles. I want him to avenge my name after I try to avenge his. Will you both tragically die? Yes. yes. Do you know how amazing? Are you kidding me, first of all? I mean, (laughs) just the image. Just the image of me being in the tent too exhausted because he just went, my love went off to go slay farmers. I'm completely exhausted. I fall asleep. And he wakes me up by pressing his bloodstained face against my faith. Like, are you kidding me? I would be calling the police. (laughs) (laughs) He is the police. He's Achilles. I would be calling bigger police. (laughs) But he's Achilles. You can't kill him. I I can try. I would at least ask him to wash his face first. Yes. No. Oh, are you kidding? But that's, uh, it's so, that, that's my point is like, just things like that, that could have been completely left out of the book. You don't need that structurally. Like in the, but it's so heartwarming to know that they're that they've grown to that place that they're like that they care about each other to that degree that he just did a murder and it's cool well no it's not cool that's the point is that like and that's what makes it a great novel is that like you have all these layers you have that moment and he gets to have that moment without all the intellectual whatever but then afterwards he thinks oh wow you know He's got the blood of 12 farmers on him, and he's really happy about having done it. This is not exactly something morally, like, this is kind of morally objectionable. What are we doing here? Blah, blah, blah. But it's not the point. That's not the point of the book. Sounds like the literary version of Natural Born Killers, which pretty macabre and violent. (laughs) (laughs) That's just one example. So it's like, because I'm focusing on the, the, the death the killing and all that jazz. Well, because he's but fallen, is it just the, the devotion factor that warms your heart? It is because I mean, you know, you know that he's falling in love with the guy who is the his best trait is killing. You know that from the jump because it's Achilles, and the fascinating part is that he's that's who he's in love with. Period. All the way up until the very very end, and you're like. And when you get those details of like what a war at that time would have looked like, it's harrowing, but that's levied by this incredibly beautiful, like, ah, it's hard to talk I'm about. I'm honestly even liking like, it to like, some people say like how beautiful Tattooist of Auschwitz is, which mm. has anyone else read? No. I'm not, I've meant to, but there's, I, 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 I read it. It's on the shelf, I just put it there. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but like, Someone was recently talking about, oh, it was so, it was so wonderful and beautiful and heartwarming. There's something, like, I can't remember how she was waxing, a little too poetic on it for me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I, I felt the same thing, you know, once I got past the fact that they're losing that many pounds because they live in a concentration camp and there's Did death and destruction. Did we read the same book? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a good, it's, an, it's a great book. I fully encourage anyone that wants to pick it up and read it to appreciate it. I'm, you know, I think I gave it four stars on Goodreads out of five, but I still, like, 
again with the book thief as another example of a book it's relatively same era different geographical regions and situations but loved it it satisfies me yeah but like i just the thought of it gets me emotional so that's not like again it it elements of that book could have been heartwarming but there's too much of a serious backdrop so like that's why i'm thinking like song of what you're oh. describing Tattooist of Auschwitz, other books. I'm way too much of a set see, for this. But exactly, but see, none I of these are hard. Like, I read Song of Achilles. I enjoyed it. I want to get to tattoo, Tattooist of Auschwitz. I'm sure I will enjoy that as well. None of these books are my heart hug books because I am a sap and a child, you guys. <laughs> I want people to, like, again, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, like, rainbows and sparkles, happily ever after, no more problems in their life ever again. But I like books where people like each other. Well, they love each other. I said like each other, <laughs> which is different. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, no, I mean, yeah, okay. Can so I grab the, the conch? When it, can I grab the conch really quick? Yes. Which I feel like we need a conch in here. I, I, I call it oh, next. Oh, my goodness. We really well, I was going to offer it to one of you two. <laughs> Just, yes. I want to yes. hear, like, not only books or, uh, so, but like, definitions. With going off of like Andy's thing about like the tattooist of Auschwitz being like, it, there's a heartwarming aspect, but it's like the serious backdrop like really like takes away from that fact. Mm-hmm. Like I was reading Between Shades of Grey and I forgot her. Oh, Ruta I can't. Sepetis? Yeah. yeah, and like there's moments in that book where I sit there and I'm like, this is really great. I really enjoy and I feel really happy reading it. Mm-hmm. But there's such like a serious backdrop of horror and things that are actually going on in real life that like by the end instead of it giving me a hug I'm crying but like Mm. there's moments where I'm like oh this is really heartwarming it's great but because I want to transition into heartwarming books that give my heart a hug because you know I'm a sap and a child like Jen thank you Erin you're welcome (laughs) so I like there's a book when I was a child that I read that gave, gave my heart a hug that transitions into more like other things that give my heart a hug. <gasps> Are you going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about? Because I think we have this in common. Carry on. No, I don't know. So I'm sorry if I don't get there. All the time. So when I was a kid, there was this book called Your Special by uh, oh. Max Lucado. Hmm. And so the book is about, so they're all these puppets and they live in this little tiny village. Mm-hmm. And one of the, like... They have a system, and this this system's gonna sound really familiar to everyone who's like listening at home. But if you do something really good artistically, you get like, or athletically, or really talented, you get like a star sticker. But if you look really pretty, or you look really handsome, or you just look very aesthetically pleasing, you get a circle sticker, and everyone gets mm-hmm. stars and circles based on what kind of person they are in the village, which sounds a lot like real life. But there's this one <laughs> there's this one little puppet and he doesn't get any type of stickers at all. He doesn't think he's good at anything. He doesn't think he's very attractive. He's just kind of there. And so he goes up to the toy maker who makes all of these little puppets and he goes, why did you make me this way? Why do I look like this? Like, why can't I be as good as everyone else getting star stickers and circle stickers and everything like that? Yeah. And the guy, the toy maker, turns around and says to him, he's like, you're fine just the way you are, and I made you that way for a reason, because that's how you are. Mm. 
And so you're perfect. And so there's a little secondary sticker that they give, and I don't remember the shape of it. And it could be the circle stickers, and it could be a completely different sticker for another one. Yeah. Because it's out of my head at the moment. But um, he has some of these stickers on them that says, like, he's an ugly doll or whatever. Oh. And <laughs> I'm just being really blunt about it, but... As he leaves, because he feels better about himself, yeah. those stickers start falling off because he has that moment of, oh. I'm fine the way I am. I don't have to think about what everyone else thinks of me. I'm oh. perfect the way I am. And so that gives my heart a hug because wow. that kind of thing. Well, that... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That oof. and the dude's actual projected Grant, a little bit. Take it away, Grant. Like what the what? <laughs> I mean, I could also go into Howl's Moving Castle later if you Ooh. really want. After Grant. Oh, yeah. Right. After, after Grant, you and I can discuss that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this the uh, the idea of books that give your heart a hug was kind of difficult for me for two reasons. Mm. Mainly because I'm not the world's fastest reader, I suppose, and so when I do choose to read something. I, I have to I have to commit to it, and typically the stuff I'm interested in turns out to be horribly depressing. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's fair. And, you know, and that's just, this is what I gravitate towards. Horribly so. depressing to you or to others? I guess it could in go general. Both ways. Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. No, yeah. that's in interesting. general, it could yeah. it could breach the gap between me and other people's definition of misery or something. So. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I like so, that. Who okay. knows? But um, so. Andy mentioned that maybe we could expand it into like movies or films or something. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. Um, I have a few that kind of came to mind. Um, one of the first that came to mind was uh, Chef by. It was directed and starring John Favreau. Oh, I don't know if you. Oh, I've not seen, seen that one, but it's I. It's just. A, to. It's just such a darn wholesome movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like I said, it stars John Favreau. He was amazing. And yes, yes, yeah. he is. And he, uh, so he, he's, he's like a, the head chef at this five-star restaurant. Um, it's, he's really well known, um, but he has a short temper and that kind of ends up costing him his job. Ah. And um, so he, um, he has to restart his entire career from the ground up. By by uh, purchasing this food truck and just kind of trying to start his own new thing with his son, who he's trying to reconnect with, because him and his oh. wife are divorced. Oh. And it's definitely one of those movies that really earns its, you know, uh, heart hugging payoff. I guess. <coughs> yeah. I guess if you if you, you want to say that. Um, but I mean, it's just it's just a f- really fun watch, especially if you're especially if you like cooking or any of that. There's lots of Lots of great shots of sizzling meats and oh. <laughs> breaking celery and stuff. Oh, wow! But um, Ooh. getting hungry as we speak. Yes, but you just no. ate lunch. But there, I have <laughs> not. So, like, let's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll try to draw back on the vivid description. Please do <laughs> the savory sizzling <laughs> smell. Yes, um, but it's just it's just such a feel good movie. Um, and honestly, it would be like a PG movie if there weren't a few f bombs sprinkled throughout there. Yeah, well, how but would it give your heart a hug if it didn't have an f bomb? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, no, I agree. Um, uh, and uh, I can name off something else, or unless we want to keep, oh, kind of start the circle again. No. Oh, did you have something? I, I'm thinking. Have you ever seen The Way? I I'm not sure who is so like it's so because going off movies that yeah um 
there's this movie and it's called The Way and it's got Martin Sheen and it's got Emilio Estevez in it. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. We watched it in one of my classes in school. And it's about... So there's a pilgrimage in Europe where people go from a certain place in Spain all the way down to a church mm-hmm. somewhere else. And I forgot exactly the route that they go, but there's a really famous... The Camino? Yeah, I think it's the Camino. Nice. And... The sun was going to go on the pilgrimage, and you have to walk it, and you have to have, like, a very specific goal in mind as you're walking it for it to, like, really change you and work the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so the sun passes away before he can complete the journey. And oh. the father takes his son's ashes and completes the pilgrimage for him. And along the way, learns to let go and to grow as a person and continue yeah. on. And so, like going off like heartwarming movies, that's definitely like one that comes to mind that gives you a mm-hmm. hug at the end because you're yeah. like, it's sad, like in a way, like as you're going along. But like the whole entire meaning of the movie is one of those where you're like, yes, yes, my heart is so happy, <laughs> yes. So you just feel really good afterwards. Watching that movie. Hmm. Definitely, like, 8 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. That's how I feel hmm. about God's own country. Have yeah. ever seen that one? Oh, my goodness. It's so good. It's, like, it's set in the UK. Okay. I think it's, it's either Ireland or Scotland. I think. <clears throat> What's it called again? God's own country. It's Ireland. It's set in Ireland. Yes. In, like, the country um, on a farm. And this, you know. It's Yorkshire. Is it Yorkshire? Wow. <laughs> you tried. Okay, that's fine. It's set in Yorkshire in the country. I don't know. It's the UK, whatever. Um, but this, you know, disaffected. I would say youth, but he's in his early 20s, I think. But this disaffected person. Um, they bring on a new farmhand. His grandparents bring on a new farmhand. I keep seeing sheep he, in these pictures, and I keep getting happy. So <laughs> yep, keep going, please. So he brings on this. They bring on this farmhand, and of course, because it's the kind of movie that it is, the farmhand is gorgeous, and he's Romanian, Always. but he's just Always. beautiful. But he's also super gentle, quiet, and steady. Not you know slow to anger as proverbs <laughs> advises like he's all and of those things about seriously he's like the first time i saw the movie i was like this is literally like romanian jesus shows up and <laughs> like it, there are so many christ images in that in those farm scenes um including the way he holds the sheep and i'm like guys well yeah it's it's beautiful but of course the two of them fall in love and you know that goes the way it's going to go i don't know why it gives my heart a hug necessarily but good grief, like the confrontation that is required in these kinds of films at the end where he goes to get his man. I have watched, I've sat there and like I will literally sometimes put the DVD in and go to that scene <laughs> just to watch it because it, and I start crying as soon as the music starts. I'm like, oh God, it's this part. It's better than the notebook could ever possibly attempt to <laughs> so be. So no, I'm gonna watch hard. it. Like it's, it's that same level confrontation scene, but it's like, the notebook is trash. It's and I just stand by this. juicy and delicious. Please continue and so, standing by. I adore so that. So anyway. I just like to watch Tangled when I need my heart to have a hug. Oh. <laughs> that's who I am. Yeah. I love that. But what's your book? I mean, I was. One of your books. Yeah. I mean. I yes. can 
hold up the visual example that once again only you guys can see. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners at home. <laughs> Don't you guys just appreciate it? It's so beautiful. It is really pretty. I love it. But I mean, I just I tend to fall back on a lot of young adult romance novels because again. It's just about two people coming together. There's usually something, there's some kind of healing, learning something about themselves, learning how to be good people in the world, learning how to be better friends. And I mean, this one's set in Paris. So like, hello, hard to go wrong. That's true. Speaking of learning how to be a different person, Howl's Moving Castle does the same thing. (laughs) Oh my God, that book is... I'm gonna throw it at Anthony. It's so good. Howl's moving. Where do I start? Oh, okay. Why does that book give my heart a hug, though? That's the thing. There's so many There's reasons. moments in it. So, like, it's been a hot minute since I've read it, and I have more knowledge of the movie than I do the book, but that's okay. We're just gonna, like, throw both together because they're both actually really super similar when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it. Well, like, the first... Yeah. There's, half. like, there's like <laughs> certain moments where you're like, this is different, but... But it's fine, yeah. Like, they learn how to, like, overcome, like, certain aspects of themselves, and they change yeah. themselves, and there's, yeah. like, that heartwarming aspect of um, expanding one's horizons and expanding one's heart in terms of growing as a person and growing and gaining new types of experiences in terms of Sophie who like never leaves her shop and then all of a sudden she's here and she's having to experience all these new things at once at the same time while being you know indisposed in a slight way and then we have Howell who after experiencing a whole bunch of things turns around and like closes himself in which is the opposite of what Sophie's doing at that moment and so they have to teach each other to like go the opposite direction and well and you know Sophie's the ultimate domestique right like she understands exactly where things belong in a home Mm -hmm. and so the minute that she stumbles into house moving castle (laughs) um, her first complaint is what is going on here? Nothing is where it belongs. You don't have a system? I'm confused. And Howell is like, well, what do I need it for? I'm never home. And she's like, well, what does that matter? Your home literally moves. I don't understand. And so it's that, like, constant... They argue about everything because they are so polar opposite of each other. But they're such an old fairy cover that it just (laughs) makes you so happy that they're fighting. And and it's... But it's 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 that exact thing. Like, Howell's obsessive nature of wanting to figure Sophie out, but also her very internal nature of like, dude, it's this simple. Like, it's not that complicated. And then Do it his this whole, way. like, I need to run away from, like, everything and, like, have multiple outs, and then she's like, uh, no, we're going to find this right now and get it done. She's so confrontational <laughs> and he's so like, not. Like, yes, no. exactly. I love that book so much. I read I, it twice last year. I would be willing to fight you on who the ultimate domestique is because it's clear that you've never met Lara Jean from To All the Boys I've Loved before. I mean, I suppose, but Sophie literally, like, is a maid <laughs> to a wizard. <laughs> Not it's, only is she a maid, but she's also an old maid to a wizard. I, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lara Jean spends, like, three quarters of that series baking, and it's amazing. Oh, well, yeah, but see, Laura Jean doesn't have to deal with Calcifer. No, she has to deal with <laughs> Calcifer's a whole other monster all in himself at this point. <laughs> she doesn't have to deal with a demon fire. No, she just has to deal with people who want her to be less of an introvert the whole series. 
So you're <laughs> Thanks gonna, for adding so, that to my TBR. I yeah, so you. you're you're gonna help me find the book, and I'm gonna go They're grab upstairs. it and read it. They're in the teen zone. They're in the oh, teen zone. Oh, I don't want to see those movies. Anyway, we're the movies are so cute. I've heard. They're you know, so I'm starting cute. to get this reviving, mentally reviving the idea we had about uh, White Elephant Book Club, where we. Anonymously put books in a pile. Of course, we can't pick our own book, but we look at the pile and we have to grab one of the other books, no matter what it is. Oh, I love that. And the one of you makes me read something where somebody dies tragically and there's no healing at the end? Well, you're going to find the title. It's going to be Everyone Dies. (laughs) There is that. And you cry. That is a book by David Wong. (laughs) Because, you know. David Wong? David Wong. Anyway. I mean, we don't have to pick heartwarming books for that. That could be whatever we want, like influential. Kind of, I'd be kind of curious to see what you pick out, Grant. Because after what you said, like, you know, I, by most metrics, everything I pick up is like bleak and depressing. <laughs> and oh, I love a bleak, I mean, depressing read, though. I which, know this about you. I mean, <laughs> so that would be fun to do for a future episode. Stay yeah, tuned, yeah. folks. We might do that eventually. But you know, then would we all come back and kind of? Jen would have we'd nothing all come to back and kind of give a recap. <laughs> And then the person who threw the book in the pile could potentially say, yeah, I threw we'll that book in the pile. call you in for it. Okay. Um, which, that could be a fun one. I, I, also, by the way, I started thinking about a lot of movies. If we ranched off to, this would be like an eight-hour marathon episode. <laughs> but if I we want talked another about movies, heartwarming book from Andy or Grant. Another heartwarming, or not a book if you want <laughs> yeah. one, it's fine. Heartwarming materials from Grant or Andy, go. Sure, I'll throw another material up. Yay. Um, it's another movie. Hooray. Yay. Yay. And this is one that, in my experience, either a lot of people haven't seen or straight up disliked um, (laughs) Swiss Army Man, which came out, I think, in 2017. Have you seen that? I love that movie. (laughs) No, it's so good. So for those of you who don't know the premise, and I I think part of the thing might be some people just have a hard time getting over the bizarre premise. Yep. So, oh, it's got D-Red in it. Okay. Yep. So Paul Dano, he's stranded on this deserted island, and the only thing that saves him is this, uh, the corpse of, um, um, what, what's the, what's Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe's corpse that shows up. Um, and <laughs> that sounds fantastic. So when, when it premiered at Sundance, a lot of people referred, referred to it as the farting corpse movie. Yes, because, exactly. And yes, there is a fart that corp, that, uh, there, there's, there's a, a fart there, that corpses? Yes, there's a fart that corpses. There is a, there is a corpse that farts, thus propelling Paul Dano over the ocean like a like a steamboat, but that's only part of the movie, guys. Okay, that's, it, yes. the real meat of the movie is, I, at least how I interpreted it, is how a lot of people are very hesitant to truly express themselves, and that's how where a lot of the conversations <coughs> between Paul Dano and the dead body go. Yeah, would you? Would you? Yeah, I, yes, absolutely. And that's kind of the thesis statement of the movie, and mm-hmm. I just I just think it's ultimately it's a very very <coughs> unique and touching film and yeah. in my little inner circle of film buddies I guess it's held in very high regard. I think that's one of those movies that when I was watching it I kept thinking to myself they really want you to they, they are really trying to hug your heart here mm-hmm. in the most unconventional yes, way possible. Yes. And it's that, a very unconventional movie. I love it that. is, yeah. And it is so it, I, I kid you not even if it doesn't give your heart a hug as you're watching it it certainly shifts your perspective on what you think about intimacy in ways that I could never have predicted just from the premise or mm-hmm. any trailer or any like YouTube clips. Like it's one of those ones you have to actually watch to get. Yeah. 
Like it's so cool. Oh, I love there's, that. There's truly movie. nothing else like it. I no, there really isn't. I don't think I've ever seen anything mm-hmm. quite like that. And it's it's ugh, it's a great movie. Yeah, and um, I have a few others, but if you, but Andy you need, needs to go. Yeah. Andy, great choice. Oh my, oh my. You know, I'm trying to think of another good book. Like, I thought of quite a few of them. I'm like, is that really, like, is that perfect enough? I'll throw it out there because I mentioned it. Uh, the Rosie Project by Graham Simpson. Oh, oh, my goodness. I just grabbed that for my women's fiction read that I'm doing now. Because Which, it's me. It, <laughs> because it's the me. character is kind of a reminiscent of Sheldon Cooper, the main character. <gasps> Stop. No. I'm uh, sorry. Sheldon Cooper gives my heart a hug. I hate Which, all of you. If you don't agree, it's fine. He's a 40-year-old, um, 40-year-old professor in Australia who decides at 40 years old it's time he has a wife yes. he devises this questionnaire <laughs> this this experiment to determine who the perfect wife is <laughs> he enlists the help of this Rosie a grad student on the campus to help him and she don't think at 40 years old she's younger she's you know well, she's significantly grad older student. yeah right um, but she he enlists the help of this this Rosie to help him uh, execute his his system of finding the perfect wife, immediately ruling her out as an unsuitable mate, unsuitable person. Of course. I think I see where this is going. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, totally the see, book I is called The Rosie Project, and the successive books are called Rosie This, Rosie That. Right, well, yeah. not that, but um, they all have the Rosie in them. And I wouldn't have picked it up were it not for the book club on Goodreads that I'm part of. You're a part of a book club on Goodreads? Yep. Wow, it's that's amazing. It's pretty expansive. I'll you have to like share link because it's yeah. they have like monthly reads. They have like paired. You can do like pair reads, which I don't do right now because I'm still a little too busy. But yeah, they have a uh, around the world read, reading challenges. Oh. We have to read by an from an author in this country or specifically about that region of the world. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it, the Rosie Rosie Project. It was. I just stepped away from it. Like really wasn't ready for it because the guy's weird and like he's <laughs> I mean he, he he gets into like a fight with security at a restaurant and it even kind of he's like he's like, oh, he's like he is he's, Sheldon he's like Cooper. a karate master this is the funny part like <laughs> what <laughs> what is book. this book <laughs> I don't understand it gets better because he's at a park he's learning how to be a father in a future book spoiler alert he's learning how to be a f- father so what does he think is a good thing he's, to do what he goes to a park to watch children play so he can see how parents interact. Oh, no! Yet some of the mothers at the park, some of the mothers at the park are intimidated by this guy intently watching their children. Wow! Oh, my God! So what, what happens? The cops go up to him, and they... His... Okay, he gets, I don't want to know they, anymore. They, they, they approach him, and his training takes over, which <laughs> oh, no. results in him spending a little bit of time in the tank, you know. Wait, are you telling me that he beats up police officers? I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> That's a yes. It's a good thing I'm already starting to read this series, and that is all I'm going to say, because I don't Rosie want people Project, thinking I, certain things Please read it, me. Anthony. <laughs> I mean, it's to the point where, like, I didn't expect to read, like, this first book, but, like, the minute I'm like, there's a second book, and then, like, I squealed. I was in East Lansing at the time, and when the, the new book came out, and I was putting <gasps> putting it on the shelf, I get, like, like convulsing, because I'm like, I can't wait to read this! It was wow. so wonderful. And the third book ended, and, like, if they ever write a fourth book, I don't know where, where they go with it. Maybe it, maybe it should be done. 
But like, I see it. I'm gonna read it. If there's a fourth book, I don't care. Wow. Oh, okay. That's... Just because I enjoyed the three books <clears throat> that thoroughly. That. Oh. Wow. And I would say that that's a heartwarming book because. How could I, it not be? <laughs> just wow. he because he's he's so weird. He's such a weird professor. And like, but it's like a Sheldon Cooper thing. That's the best way I can describe it. For as yeah. much as I really don't know about Sheldon Cooper because I don't watch a show. No, it's, it's, also it's a, a very yeah. He's it is also hmm? a movie. It's yeah. a movie starring Sheldon who? Cooper. The Rosie Project. What? Starring <laughs> wait, starring who? Yeah. It's Ryan Reynolds. Nice. Oh, done. No. <laughs> done. No. Yep. Going there. Maybe. I'll Going, think about it. Do you mean no? How can you say it's no to Ryan Reynolds? It's directed by Ben Taylor. I don't care who it's directed by. It's Ryan Reynolds. <clears throat> anyway. But there you go. There's, there's, I, I could actually go for quite a few movies too, but. Um, wow. That's amazing. You should really give that give that one. A I mean, I was going to anyway. Yeah, but uh, rom com. Okay, go. so I need another book from you, Jen. Oh God. Because I know you have another. Pressure. You can't just say the whole genre of teen romance. That's not fair. Okay. What about Fangirl? I actually mentally considered that one a little bit, like because I'm thinking about yeah. movies that, um, like maybe in the Rosie Project vein, like movies that or books. books sorry, <laughs> books that I picked up and read and I really didn't expect much out of. But like when I sat down at the completion, I'm like that really makes me feel good. That was one of those books. I mean that. Ran a gamut of emotions. I feel like Fangirl for me is more of the intellectual <clears throat> comfort read okay. mm. than the heart, like the true heart hug of a book. Like, not that it doesn't make me happy at the end, not that I don't love how it turns out, yeah. but like I feel like Kath and I just come from such very similar mindsets that it's like more comforting in the sense of like, okay, I'm not the only person whose brain works this way. Like reminder that I am not alone in the universe or anything like that. Like, good to have more of that feeling for me than like the true. Like, this book gives my heart a hug at the end of the day mm-hmm. kind of sensation. I could probably throw it back. I, I think you've already read this, or at least given it a shot, but I can do it again. And I'll go slightly outside of the YA rom-com genre. Ballet Shoes by Noah Streetfeld. Ooh. Oh, the mo- that movie gives my heart a hug. I haven't read the book yet. It's just... Three plucky orphans all get adopted by the same archaeologist who takes them back to his house in London and surprises his niece and his housekeeper by being like, hi, we have babies now. (laughs) And then he disappears for like 14 years. Yep. And they all end up going into stage school and one of them ends up becoming a very famous actress and one of them ends up becoming a very famous ballerina. And the middle child does her best. She tries so hard because she wants like... They are suffering through, like, the post-wartime austerity. Right. Like, they're trying to do their best for this little found family that they have created between their new guardians and, like, the people that they take in to live in the house with them. The lodgers. Yeah, the lodgers. (laughs) But then at the end, finally, spoiler alert, sorry, guys, it's like a 100-page book. You'll find this out very quickly anyways. (laughs) Great Uncle Matthew, the archaeologist, comes back right as they're, like, selling the house because they're finally so poor. Oh, gum. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Great Uncle Matthew. Great Uncle Matthew. Carry Hello. on. <laughs> but so, like, the Guardian's about to take the actress one off to Hollywood because she's about to sign on to a movie series that's going to make her whole tons of money. And the youngest child, the ballerina, is going to take the other Guardian, and she's going to go off to Romania to this famous dance school that she, like, mm-hmm. snuck into a practice for and got into. Yes. Because she's the best. She's amazing. And the yeah. middle child is like, hi, 
I'm 15. What am I going to do, guys? Like, why are you taking all of the Guardians away? And Great Uncle Matthew comes home right at this moment. Yes. And it's like, hello, I brought back babies. And they're like, yeah, it's been 16 years. We're all adults now. Babies grow up dumb. Yes. <laughs> And they go, but hey, the middle child, she needs somebody to look after her. And he's like, what do you like? And she's like, well, I really want to be a pilot. And he's like, awesome. I like pilots. And he lets her go to pilot school. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's just so sweet. It's that that very traditional, like, 1950s English children's novel where, like, just being plucky is enough to save the day. Yep. Everyone likes each other. Thank I feel you. like also a very big trope that's connecting all of my like hard hug books is they're also very like found family situations. Mm. Like you have all you have ended up with these people. Maybe you would have chosen them, maybe you wouldn't have. Yeah. But you find the thing that like bonds you all together, really makes you all come together and love each other. And now suddenly at the end of this book, you guys are inseparable. You're ride or die. You would fight anybody who comes after your found family. And I'm all about that life. I love that. You have read *House Moving Castle, right? That's literally... I have, but not yours. Like, for not for years. Yeah, now. you need to read it again. That, it's literally all of those things. I don't know, because I enjoyed it, but I didn't, like... I didn't get, like, the obsession with it that, like, mm. you and Aaron clearly had. Yeah. Like, I didn't... I Like, I get... I liked the book, but it yeah, didn't, I, like, yeah. immediately, yeah. like, latch on to me. Mine yeah. came from, I'm pretty sure, like, the fact that I watched the movie first. And, mm. like, I have that slight obsession with the animation style of the Miyazaki slash Ghibli film style. Yeah. yeah because yeah. all of those movies are really good because they all have really strong female protagonists. Kiki's Delivery Service is my heart hug Miyazaki film. That movie? It, oh, so, I didn't own the movie, so but Family Video, when they had VHS tapes, had that movie. <laughs> So, Love. whenever I would go there, the two movies, so I would always get video games. Like, that was my thing. Of course, yeah. But my parents would let me get out, like, a couple movies from the kids' section. Mm-hmm. And whenever I went there, my go-to movies was Kiki Delivery Service, and then I went and grabbed Sailor Moon off the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> And that's all I, I watched. Love, I love, yeah. That Kiki's- and The Last Unicorn, which was sad, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that movie But Kiki's sad. Delivery Service is, like... I. Love. Strong female it's protagonist so... goes through a whole bunch of stuff. But Games, she's like... really awesomeness, and you know your heart gets a hug. Afterwards. I yes, I love. I love that movie. I don't know what it is about that movie, but it just it works. It's amazing. It's it's a coming of age story, but it's like a. Do really you mind good if I throw a weird one at you, you Go. personally, Anthony, me? but anybody else who wants to join in? Because yeah. you're asking me for more young adult, and it's another series that I've told you to read, and that eventually you'll get to. <laughs> oh. The and, and I'm sorry, this is twelve books, guys. The entire Vampire Academy and Bloodline series. Oh, that's right. Wait, so that's that gives your heart a hug. Specifically. The character Sydney, who you meet in like book three or four of the mm-hmm. first series, and then is the protagonist protagonist of the entire spin-off series. Oh, right. Because her whole thing is that like she has been raised by this like terribly emotionally abusive secret society that tries to cover up from the rest of the world the fact that there are vampires. And it's very like Ooh. you have to be perfect or they will send you to re-education and reprogram your brain. Re-education for vampires? Re-education for the people who hide the vampires from the rest of the world. If you befriend the vampires and forget that you're on a holy mission from God to save the world from these unholy creatures, they will Uh... re-educate your brain. What? That that's that's a And like on top of it, her dad is like the ultimate dude in this society 
were like so he's in charge he's not in charge but he's very he's high up there and he's trying to groom her into like the next generation literally down to the fact where like she's a size four and he's like you're too fat yep yeah. Oh, okay. okay, I'm confused about the heart hug. But part. she probably <laughs> breaks away. She breaks away from the family and does her own thing. She and... befriends all of these vampires. Falls in love with one of like one of the great vampires in this of series. Course, naturally, and like opens herself up to like having friends and being loved and being accepted. So she as breaks she from. Is. So she breaks from like yes. the conditioning and yeah, she, she learns how to free find herself from the conditioning. Like, has this really epic love story with one of the vampires in this series. Yeah. Who is the total, like, playboy. Nobody thinks he's good for anything but being pretty and being Oh, I love his character already, and I haven't even read it. (laughs) And she is, like, the ultimate, like, super valedictorian on steroids, always does everything I love this even more already. (laughs) Incredibly uptight. Like, nobody thinks she... Literally, one of the best lines in the spinoff series is that she wears, like... A printed blouse and a houndstooth skirt, and thinks she's being like wildly outrageous with her fashion. Because they're two separate patterns. Because they're two separate <laughs> patterns, even though they're both like <laughs> solid colors. Oh she thinks she's being like wild and daring and dangerous. <laughs> See, I think I'm realizing that my heart hug material comes from the fa- when you take a either an <clears throat> unlikable or at least an undesirable central figure Mm -hmm. and then they stumble into a relationship and it isn't always a romantic one in that sense but it is at least some kind of sometimes it's just a friendship yeah but they stumble into a relationship with a single other person who cannot help how much they love this undesirable or unlikable person. Like, it's irresistible, it's unexplainable, it's just, they just love them that much. And I'm, I don't know why that, oh, it's hard to get Possibly because ah. we all need a little therapy like that, but. And maybe, I don't know, but like, like so for example, I have a third example. Oh, here okay. we go. I have the book here. Oh, here <laughs> I, we go. The Less Than Epic Adventures of TJ and Mall is that exact thing. So basically, it's a graphic novel in which um, a mall runs away from home. Okay. And it all is set off by the fact that his parents, so he's an Indian-American young man, and his parents want a traditional marriage life for him. And it's set in like 2007, 2008 in California. And he hasn't had the strength yet to tell them that he not only doesn't want their traditional marriage, but he also doesn't want to marry a woman um, because he knows that that would disrupt everything. And they're all supposed to go to his sister's graduation in three days. So he's getting drunk in this bar. He meets this guy named TJ, who is this like super sort of wastrel white dude with dreadlocks. Um, And he's like, hey, TJ, I'll pay you to drive me across the country for three days to my sister's graduation. No strings attached. And TJ's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I don't have anything else to do. No questions asked. They hop in a car and start going. And of course, they fall like head over heels in love, whatever. But the watching the development of that as they move like closer over three days to California is incredible, especially because Amal is so detestable. He is one of the most unlikable people you want to punch him in his face because TJ is the exact opposite. He's super lovable. He's 
in love with Amal almost from jump. And you're just like, how can you be so rude to this person who clearly just wants to love you? What is wrong with you? But it's, oh, it's so good. It's so, it's just, it's, oh, it's a wonderful exploration of intimacy, which apparently is something I enjoy reading. I don't know. I heard you a big giant it. sigh over there. What's up? No, I was just watching Anthony. <laughs> Although I should, content warning, and I never do content warnings, but this took me by surprise. So I don't want people to be taken by surprise. Right. Uh, the graphic novelist designs or draws anatomically. So wow. there are scenes over oh. three days uh, of a intimate nature. <laughs> oh. And these are definitely on the page. But they're not erotic. But but they happen. But it's anatomically happen, correct. There and you if go. you flip open to the right page... At the right time, it's right there in your face, and you're like, whoa. Um, Did not expect that today. Didn't see it. So Warming more just, than just hearts, right? Yeah, no, seriously, because it's not, It's again, none of the marketing, nothing around this book, because it's such a heart-huggy book, Yeah, will tell you that. So I don't want readers who may be averse to that. <laughs> to yeah, that's probably a good thought about there. Don't read this around your children. Dear listeners, <laughs> talk to Anthony before you check it out. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> I uh, I would throw Adventure Time, the series, out there just in general. Oh, oh really? Yeah. The whole series itself is kind of like a big warm hug, oh, I guess. But That's um, why I love Adventure Time fans, I think. I would say the same thing about Avatar The Last Airbender, though. Yeah. I was just, you know, I, if we had a lot more time, I'd say let's, from some of the materials or whatever, books, movies, cartoons, pick characters that you love desperately. <laughs> Zuko. Duh. Uncle. I will. Okay, well, of course, yes. <laughs> I know. He, he's like... It. I'm astral projecting out of the room. <laughs> what? This is like the fifth time you've had this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to go up and like, like lay hands on my it's uncle also the fifth episode. Uh, Funko figure on my desk. It's so wonderful. <laughs> Praise the eye um, Thank you for listening today. This is, we are like an hour in. Oh, wow. It's We're not an hour and a half. Oh, but... but. No, thank you guys for coming in and listening to our wonderful episode today. Um, do you guys agree with us? Do you have a different definition of what uh, what is a book or movie or cartoon that hugs your heart? What does give your heart a hug? Come yeah. tell us. And Nicole, if you're listening, sorry if you hated this entire expose into your definition of heart huggy. <laughs> and if something's, right, right. If something's, she knows what we're like at this point. It's true. If something's hugging your heart and you're not you know, reading or watching anything, then you should probably see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you feel Hashtag your heart's too real, and yes. nothing else is happening, maybe please go see a doctor. Call 911. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Oh, Reminder no. that we legally cannot give medical advice at the library. <laughs> We have books on it. <laughs> also, a reminder that we're also in a pandemic, so please be careful. And scene. <laughs> Cue the music. Sorry. You never get it right. What? No, but at least I didn't do the John Cena music this time. The whole. Did you guys hear that? I told you a joke. <coughs> told you guys to. Um, John Cena got got into an accident a couple of years ago, right? And. Woke up at the hospital, and as he's coming out, he sees a nurse. He says, "Nurse, where am I?" And the nurse looks at him and says, "I see you." And <laughs> no, you don't. Yep. Yep. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh no. <laughs> come see us. Come talk to us. Oh, we're so oh, late. I, thought, no. I, I know. I know. Wow. Let us know what you thought. So glad I didn't swear. <laughs> Till next time, folks. Good night and good luck. Honka honka. Please tell me you got that in there. I wrote that right after the outro music sticks around. Can somebody please tell me what? Please tell me what? I was gonna fade it out. Well, you're gonna have to fade it.